Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Soda City Sit-Down Podcast. It is a big week this week. We are recording our 20th episode, and, uh, you know, that it, that's a long time. That's about, what, three and a, four months? Is that is that what that is? Yeah, yeah. So, four, no, no, that's five months. Five Started in January. Months. Yeah, five full months of, I can't do math, but uh, five full months of recording a podcast. Uh, so, that's pretty big. You know, that's a, that's a long time. Uh, to do something every single week, especially in today's day and age of, you know, getting bored of things, the drop of a hat. And uh, and and that isn't the only big thing that the sit down had this week. Uh, today, actually, a couple hours before sitting down to do this recording, we hit our 200th follow on Twitter. Uh, and, you know, that's nine. Yeah, that might not seem like a lot to most people, but, um, you know, we're kind of just building this thing from from the ground up here. So. Um, you know, every milestone is something to celebrate, even if it's a little small. So um, we are excited to to hit hit that, and um, we're already w- getting on our way well to 300. So we're happy to. to so we're we gonna get going 300 before or after episode 30. Let's get 300 before episode 21. What y'all think about that? Um. Uh. So what are we gonna do to get 100 more followers in a week? Oh uh, no, only like 92 yeah, more followers. Tyler's going to start another OnlyFans. Is, I think, oh. gonna <laughs> well, that didn't really do much. That might have actually lost us followers. But, <laughs> so, but they were weak anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, um, so a lot of big stuff going on with the podcast in itself. And not a lot going on in the world of sports. So um, it's not really a good time, the best time to hit some milestones. Because you can't really celebrate it with a jam-packed episode. but. Um, we're still going to do the best that we can um, and the best that, you know, we're going to keep on trying to do what we've been doing the last couple of weeks and finding what we can talk about and making the most out of it. And really the, the biggest thing this week is the conclusion of the Last Dance documentary. It is over. We've had five great weeks, five fun weeks, and ten episodes, ten hours of phenomenal content, but it's all done is over we we got the last dance of the last dance uh has everyone got a chance to watch all of it i know some of us were i binged it in three day. days <sighs> yeah days. I, yeah i binged it as well it uh it finished sunday right so it's, yeah it finished sunday it's, yeah, it's all pretty fresh for all of us regardless yeah i uh i actually was on the road and didn't get a chance to watch it live on sunday i was a little disappointed but um i got home at like nine twenty, and i was like no, I'm not going to jump in the middle of it. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to watch it all at one time. So I watched it last night, watched the last two episodes. So there it was. Obviously, you know, the first thing we get us is like, I guess, what, what we thought of it. But I'd like to just ask what everyone, like, everyone's favorite iconic moments were. Like, what was the thing that stood out to you out of all 10 episodes? Kind of to sum it up for For yourself. me, it was easy. It was episode seven or eight when... His dad died, and then he won the championship on Father's Day. I didn't mm-hmm. know that happened, so that was really yeah. Cool. I think that was my favorite of 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 the wins for sure. Which uh, um, which year was that in? Was uh, that his first the year? Uh, the year right before he retired, so ninety. That was his first year back. It was the last dance year then. No, 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 no. no the last year the, back. The, the, no, it was the first year. It was the year right before he retired the first time. No, no, because his dad died, and then he retired because his dad died, and he couldn't stand. Well, it was part of the reason. 
No, because yeah. the Father's season, Day wait, one I've was got, I've got it. I've got it. I've got the timeline. <laughs> All right. The so the last the last game that that Jordan's dad saw was the the three peat. So he was there for the three peat, and then yeah. he was he was murdered that that summer. Um, in between that, and then Jordan retired, um, or he had already retired. I don't remember that exact timeline. And then he went into baseball. And so, um, so that championship, that Father's Day game, that was that was championship number four. That was uh, that was ninety six. So that yeah. was the first one back from the from the break. Yeah. So like he he his father died about a month after his third championship, right before yeah. he like it probably contributed to his retirement. I definitely um, did. He definitely had a foot out the door earlier on because he mentioned to people that he was. Yeah. No. He 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 definitely yeah. hinted at it. Yeah. Does anybody actually believe that it's a uh, it was a hidden suspension? Like, does, oh, does anybody no, no, no. every single uh, thing that came out was is for, like it's easy to believe. Um, I don't believe that it would have been. I, I think I don't know. I, I think that that was kind of a stupid, every stupid thing to kind of make it a suspension over. Unless he was kind of like, similar to the to the pizza story. It's like you can make like. Yeah, you can, like you can frame it a certain way, but I don't. Yeah, what were they trying to that. say that the Utah fans like they were Poisoned they were trying to poison them yeah. basically? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I didn't say it I can believe right, that. Right, right, but like they did not like they didn't just say, oh yeah, he just bought a pizza and somehow got sick. Like they framed it to be something nefarious, which I was like, yeah, that's a little so like, the whole like five guys came to his door or whatever. Yeah. Like, I saw something on Twitter that was like the pizza guy's side of the story, but I never actually looked at it. Did anybody see that? Uh... Just denied or like basically he countered whatever was said. Um, I didn't like see the actual story either, but I just know that he basically the opposite of what was said in the documentary. Like there wasn't all those people there. There was no intention of Know, poisoning him but i don't know like his exact words yeah i mean that's the one thing it's like these guys all definitely were there um so they saw what happened but what they say happened might not necessarily be true so it's like yeah. even still with a documentary like this some some things you do have to take with a grain of salt and there's a lot of years between what happens and uh them saying it now so a lot of things can kind of get hazy along the way but i yeah i don't think there's anything nefarious i thought that was a strange i mean i thought it was crazy i didn't realize he, he had food poisoning i thought it, you know it, everyone has called it the flu game i don't know if that was a was that a known fact before this documentary i'm not sure yeah, if i knew that or not i yeah. i certainly didn't know that you know uh, so yeah there was a lot of things um that i think kind of just like jogged memory um it was kind of like you know i knew jordan's dad was murdered but i didn't know like that much into it um you know i i knew that I, it my the thing that I that kind of got me that I forget about like I I've heard that it was really just food poisoning, um but the flu game obviously just sounds cooler, um looking back on it, um one thing is I I didn't remember that it was in the finals like I mean that coming out and having like flu like symptoms would be impressive anywhere but doing it in the finals in like a pivotal game because wasn't it like two two at the time and yeah he like it, or something like this. so it was it was a critical game for yeah. for someone like him to play in. Um, I mean, any game in the finals, regardless of the situation, is critical. But, um, but yeah, uh, just having that little reminder was was pretty cool. Um, and all those all those things. I mean, what, what really stuck out to me was the beef. 
that was there with a lot of the players. Um, it was really cool seeing the players that like Jordan just absolutely despised. Um, because I mean, like, like Isaiah Thomas, mm-hmm. I, I didn't know there was that kind of beef there. You know, I mean, I just don't, I wasn't really alive or, you know, I was a toddler during nineties. So I didn't watch a lot of basketball. So I wasn't aware of like the beef between all of these guys. Like I knew that, like I knew about the bad boy Pistons and I knew like the Knicks were a tough team, but like, I didn't know that like, I think if like Jordan saw Isaiah Thomas today, like he would like sock him in the face. The dream um, team thing was interesting. Like him being excluded from the dream. Oh yeah. 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 Really it was cool. like, they, it was like they strictly catered to Jordan. In it wasn't, so many well, it he even said it wasn't just Jordan though. He said like all those guys, Larry Bird, oh, right. Johnson, right. all did not like uh, Isaiah Thomas at all. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like, how do you how do you not put him on the team? It was just like such like a. If, uh, it's weird like if thing. everyone that hates KD in the current NBA was like, nah, leave him off. I don't think I don't, like think, I don't think that's the kind of hate that people. I don't think like the players hate KD to that extent. Yeah, no, it's it's not even at the level. It's just like as close, I guess, as you can get to. Just be yeah. a current example of yeah. Yeah, like, I don't I don't really know what a good example would be for someone yeah, like that. I, was, I said that Draymond Green, but not he's. I not don't even know if Draymond would know. do that. Bad. Well, like or like for an NFL Pro Bowl, if all the players said we don't want Brady or we don't want any of those guys, like I mean Brady is. I would say like you're, they didn't want like Odell, like Rogers. You're talking from yeah. a fan like like fans aren't gonna like Draymond because Draymond does whatever, but. I don't know if that kind of hatred for Draymond is there in the league. Like Draymond that, is the equivalent to Rodman, though. So like, yeah, yeah, but like, yeah, and you know, you're not going to kick Rodman off of a team like that. Um, I don't think Rodman was on the. Team. I don't I think he was on, like, even the, on the team. Yeah, but well, okay, but like, was uh, actually I, on the Pistons for the bad gonna, Like, if Rodman's not going to make that team, it's not going to be because of everybody being like, yeah. But the thing is, like, the documentary is filmed in, like, their point of view. So imagine if you had the point of view of the Pistons talking about Rodman, you'd probably... I also don't know if, like, there's a comparable team in all these other sports to, like, the evil that, like, was the Detroit Pistons at the time. Like, that's, the like, the only thing you can say about it is they were just, like, hated. The Astros... That's different. That's for different, different reasons, but completely different reasons. Episode seven, though, um, Clayton was talking about the beginning is very emotional. Easily, my favorite part of the whole series was the probably like last part of episode seven, where so every every episode as we go through, particularly the la- like toward the end. It goes through a championship season. It ends with like them having a championship celebration and then going back to the little part that we're on in the final season. But like all of them are ta- are celebrating and everything and then at the end of episode 7 after all the emotional turmoil after the baseball and everything, it's just like current day Michael Jordan talking about all the stuff he was about to do to like between leadership and all the like pain and everything and he's just like yep i'm about to like go off right now <laughs> yeah that's so that i agree with you that was a big thing for me as well because him at the very end where he's tearing up uh, talking just the about mentality it's yeah. just incredible that uh, i wanted just to so inspiring i wanted to kind of ask like what everyone thought of that because like in the last minutes mj's talking about being compared to a tyrant and being hard on his teammates and says you know, look, I don't want to have to do this. I'm only doing it because it's who I am. That's how I play the game. 
that was my mentality. If you don't want to play it that way, don't play that way. And then he, he cheers up. And it's like, I think there's a lot of different ways you could construe that. Like, I, I'm curious to think what you guys thought in terms of like what he was feeling there. Is it, is it something in like, he felt bad for being so hard on his teammates? Or do you think it was almost like this curse where it's like how much he had to give up to be successful? In well, I think scenario? it's, I think it's the price that he had to pay himself as well as his teammates right. and everyone he played against. The, that was the price that they paid for greatness. And like, yeah. he understands that it, it's not just that he wanted to, I don't know, slate his teammates night in and night out. He just knew that he had to do that. He had to be the bad guy at times for them to be great. I, I agree. And it kind of like reminds me of like, if you've seen like the Kobe documentaries about like the things that Kobe had to give up to like be great. Like he was like, he had no social life and like he, ha you have to like give up your family and like all the things like that just so that he could, you know, dedicate his entire life to training and basketball. And that's just kind of like what it reminded me of. I think that's definitely a major theme here is like what you have to give up to be successful. Yeah. Or at least to be successful on that kind of level to be yeah. successful, both as a player, as a businessman, as all of that. And I think that there are very few athletes that can and do handle that well and it, this is one thing that's kind of interesting too is it's like we're hearing people like steve kerr and and some of the other guys that weren't pivotal players like like um pippin was and like dennis rodman was saying like yeah he was really hard on us at the time but it's what made us it made us better and it won us a championship so in the end it was all worth it for us to get better in this situation however if they didn't win those championships i wonder if today they would have had the same thoughts on mj like if he was really hard on them and they just didn't win anything i think they would have hated him so it's like interesting i see it as kind of like a dad like like you know the really hard dad where it's like you know he's on your ass and like he really wants the best for you don't really maybe know how to say it you know he's pushing you pushing you pushing you think oh god he hates me or he just like doesn't give me any breaks and then like but like but he's like beyond he's proud of you and like in the end you know when he like going back to that point earlier i just wanted to say when like he was kind of tearing up after that question like the pure emotion like you know he may have felt like he was being a hard ass or everyone thought he was but he he cared about all of those guys he cared about the team whether it was jack phil jackson or rodman or pippen or all those guys right he he genuinely cared maybe just his way of expressing it was um, well, he was he was incredibly competitive, so that was part of it. But he actually, you know, did care. Maybe it kind of hurt him a little bit that he came off as like this monster, this bully. But as we kind of said, his only way of expressing it, which is being a uh, being a competitor and going out there and just dominating the basketball. Um, but I think you can really tell that he genuinely cared about those guys. Yeah, and for me, like it was like I know at the beginning, you know, uh, you know, five weeks ago, uh, some of the stories that were coming out was like Jordan was saying. You know, you might come out of this hating Michael Jordan. You might think Michael Jordan's an asshole. And, you know, that's an interesting take. And I can definitely see where, like, that that is coming from, like, where people could think that. But me personally, I gained respect for, for who Michael Jordan was. And, and not like I didn't have respect for Jordan because, obviously, I understand, I fully grasp what kind of athlete he is. And I understand what his legacy is. But, um, you know, we weren't. Like I kind of mentioned earlier, we weren't really around for seeing all of this happening live. Like what we know about Jordan is all about that legacy. And so getting to really have 10 hours of seeing exactly what made that legacy and, you know, the man behind the logo and all of that stuff, 
it really like it for me seeing what he put in to it and what he brought out of everybody else i think that he i i just think it really just shows what kind of leader he was as a as a player because to have that kind of talent you've got to be a great leader and um and for me i think you know you can have your opinions on michael jordan and i think if you play for michael jordan and you have a negative opinion and he kind of mentions it i think you're just weak i think you're a weak-minded person and that's just what I took away from that because the person that he probably went, at least what they showed in the documentary, the, pro- the person he probably crossed the line the most with was Steve Kerr because he legitimately punched that man in the face as a teammate in practice. And one of the biggest things I think he could sense in that entire documentary was the amount of respect that Kerr had for Jordan and the amount of respect that Jordan had for Kerr. Yeah, just because he didn't back down. Yeah, it's like an alpha test. Who's an alpha, or who's the kind of guy that's just going to kind of cower back and let me kind of you know do what I want to them, and who's actually going to def- you know stand up for themselves? Because kind of like he was saying, if you're not going to do it, anything you don't do here while we're at practice, you're not going to do it out there on the court. Yeah, I got to know where you stand in practice so I know what you're going to do. In an yeah, because that's what like Scott exactly. was. Scott was a guy who would push. Like he still liked him, but he pushed Scott around Scott a lot more. Hey, Scott Burrell. Yeah, Scott yeah. Because he, he couldn't really, he couldn't really trust him. Or is he could trust her. I hope I never see you again, Scott Burrell. I do. I'll beat your ass. That yeah, so yeah, funny. dude, so good. Some of his banter. Also, is so just great. all the all the <laughs> memes that came out of it were just fantastic. Like the recurring theme of like anyone saying anything. Like could be like, "Good luck, Michael," and then he's just like, then it flashes to him twenty years later, and that made it personal. I went out and dropped seventy-five on him and held him to one of ten shooting. It, it didn't matter like if he even believed or thought someone was going to make a comparison about him to anybody, whether it was he may be able to defend me or he may be able to shoot over me, like set him off. Like that that thought of somebody comparing any other player in the NBA to him was yeah. just reprehensible. And if he thought that, he would go off. Smith story. He made up a scenario. Just uh, and he did. Yeah, he did. He did too. I'll say that Jordan is the goat of being memed. He is the most memeable person of all time. <laughs> That's that's, that's <laughs> like I was watching it, and I was like, "Why do people keep talking trash to Jordan?" Like, I don't get it. Like, you know, it's not going to work because he's such a but, good trash talker. You got no, but talk I, back. I think well, except that now it's easy for us to see him say like, "Oh, well, this guy passed me in the hallway and didn't talk to me." That's how I won because that gave me the edge. No one, I guess, knew that at the time. No, I don't think anyone realized like how deep like his mind went when it came to those types of things at the moment. Like, it's easy for us to see this after the fact, but like. I don't think anyone really had an understanding of Jordan until very late in his career that it was like, you literally can't. I don't know. I feel like a lot of them said that, like, even like even guys on the bench were like, wait, did you just talk shit to Jordan? Yeah, yeah, that's kind of true. Because what BJ Armstrong, I think, said something. And everyone was like, dude, you just killed it for us. The crazy thing was that you didn't even have to talk crap. Like, you didn't have to trash talk this man. You could just been a good player. And the media could be like being like, "Hey, this is a good player. Like he's comparable to the Jordan. coach he, from another Jordan team." Just walked by him. He would just come out and be like, "Like his personal goal was to make you look like a chump." And you could be a good player that was like, "Hey, this guy's like a top three player along with Michael Jordan." He's like, "No, the top three players are Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan." And then yeah, every just, time that he would you. face whoever won the MVP that year, if it wasn't him, he was like, "They said he was the MVP." I'm not going to deny it. he. They might have deserved it. But, but, I still, it. but, but I still got to go out and prove I'm better than them. <laughs> it's so unfair. 
It's like, I'm just trying to do my best. It's like, well, screw you for doing your best. It should have been me. So I'm going to kill you in the playoffs. It's like, man, chill out. It's so yeah. mean. But hey, I mean, if you that's how you got to win, I guess, you know? I mean, when you're that good and, like, you know that you're the best, like, you can't just be like, I'm the best. Because it's like, you're, I, I don't know, like, you're just going to get conceited and all that. Like, he had to be like, no, this person thinks that they're better than me, and I had to prove it. I had to prove that I'm the best. It was never like, I'm the best. It was proving the best. And I think that is where the difference in the mentality is. We just talk about how Phil Jackson was able to control all those different types of personalities dude, and win six finals with those guys. He pissed like, you me had- off so much, dude. He pissed you off? What? Listen, He's a mixed Phil fan, Jackson, that's why. Phil Jackson oh, that's goes and coaches for, for the Bulls and wins them with six, six or oh, uh, did, did he win all six of them? Yeah, he won all six. Goes to LA, wins a ton of trophies with Kobe, and then be be, what beats the GM for the Knicks and just destroys our team. (laughs) Screw you, Phil Jackson. God, I I see no wrong there. There is a big difference. There's a big difference in being a coach and being a general manager or whatever he was. Was he? I mean, mean, you're you're right, but Phil Jackson was also like. Oh, my ex-wife is the GM for another team, and I'm not happy, so I'm going to, like, there was so much bull that happened during, no pun intended, so much bull that happened during that Uh, Knicks, like, era. So dumb. Porzingis, get the hell out of here. Anyway. Like, the fact that he was able to, like, you know, he had Alpha, Alpha Male, uh, Michael Jordan. He had, you know, Scottie Pippen, who was really kind of under everything, underutilized, underpaid, under, you know, underrated maybe to some people, right? He had. I don't know if he was uh, ever really underrated, but definitely. I don't know if he was ever underrated. I mean, I would say so. I would say underrated. Very cohesive. Underappreciated, maybe? Yeah. It was just everyone had a role. They all had great chemistry together. Yeah, it's really insane how well they worked together. Perfect assemble of a team. And it's like a lot of people have argued about like was that team better than the seventy three and nine Warriors team? Oh yeah, they were. I think the what, those guys. I think the Warriors team may have a case of being more talented, but just the way that that Bulls team meshed, the leadership they had, like everyone knew like what everyone wanted to do because of Jordan's leadership and Phil Jackson's coaching, like. I think that's the big difference between that Warriors team that broke up because KD and um, Draymond talks smack to each other. I can't wait for the documentary about the Warriors and then blowing the three to one lead. Oh man! Mm. Oh, nice. well, and, you know, every, everyone says it, Matt, but I mean, realistically, the game was a lot different. I mean, we saw just through the documentary how much more physical it was. Um, whereas you know, the Warriors are famous for you know the, the three point yeah. game, the deep shots. It, it made me really wish I watched in the nineties. We're not talking bad against it, but it's just a it's a different type of basketball game. Um, and it's always going to be a fun and interesting comparison, but it is just a totally different era and totally different game. And that's fine. Like, I every just don't know how you, like that. But, that doesn't you know. necessarily mean that like one is inherently better than the other. I mean, right. right exactly. I would agree. Uh, speaking of the three to one, uh, I saw that someone said that, uh, Lo- that Jordan only released his documentary because of LeBron winning that three to one. And so he was actually felt threatened as being the goat. So he felt like yeah, he I saw that too. This. I don't know the validity of that, but I don't, I don't buy that either. I think, he, I think, Jordan, I think that Jordan knows that like oh, I think Jordan definitely gives a shit. You you know he it's a big ego thing. I want to see him one v one right now. LBJ thinks he's the goat. I I dropped seventy three on him right now. That's kind of funny. I mean, it's kind of off topic, but like I mean that it's funny that it just reminds me of like. 
um, you know, I, I do, I listen to a lot in like the golf media and, you know, I mean, I, I think it's fair to compare an athlete like Jordan to like Tiger Woods because of just the dominance that they bring, the skill that they bring, how much they capture the outside world. Um, and it's just funny, um, you know, when, uh, when Tiger won the Masters last year, people were joking about how Jack Nicholas, who owns the record for most major titles of all time, uh, was how threatened he was because you had this 11-year period of time where Tiger was just out on the sidelines, hurt, cheating on his wife, all that kind of stuff. And then he just comes back and wins, and he's like, oh, crap, like my record's in jeopardy. So it's just funny. That would be a, a really good documentary. I think the only thing comparable to this, just story-wise, over like a long career. Um, but toward the end, uh, I the one issue I have with, I guess it doesn't directly relate to the documentary, is just like the years after the last dance. I would have liked at like the like wizard years and things like that. The time of the wizard, the wizard years, yeah. like coming out of uh, second retirement, Curb going to uh, to San Antonio and being a part of the start of the of the Spurs. Right. Yeah, I would have liked a little bit more. But I also understand that that's like not it doesn't really fit in if we're if we're like basing it solely around like the ninety seven ninety eight team yeah. and what led up to that. So from that perspective, I get it. It is really it is sad. That I, I had to laugh a little bit at the end when like the little um, writing appears on the screen. It's like, and then like each player goes to the other team, whatever team they go to, and the Bulls started their um, re. Rebuild, and then I look. I look at like the Wikipedia page for all the bull seasons after that. <laughs> They've been in a rebuild. Yeah, a rebuild for like twenty years. They had, they had the Derrick Rose years. They had the Derrick Rose like two, two or three years for like MVP. Yeah. To... They didn't win more than twenty games for the next four seasons. Oh my god, rough, so bad. Dude. I thought. Did anyone else think it was pretty funny when they had the like adult, uh, like M- like Jordan kids? It's like I haven't seen Jordan's kids in very very long time like only in like pictures of them with their dad so i was like obviously i know they're older but i was like holy shit like i didn't like that like i didn't old, like that old. i have a problem but, with but they're not like athletes son. at all they're just no like, like i think both of his sons does he have three kids two sons one daughter and a daughter yeah yeah so uh both of his sons played basketball i think at the collegiate level yeah but um, they're not athletes now no um but I, I don't like Jordan's son, uh, Marcus. Um, and, and let me tell Damn. you why. Uh, I, I, think, I heard he doesn't like you either. Yeah, he Damn. probably doesn't. Um, yeah, so he, uh, so he went to UCF to play basketball. And, uh, and then, you know, like while they were there, they claimed a national championship and all that kind of stuff. And that was just a joke on UCF. But, um, but actually, when, when he committed. You were talking about their football it, no, he, he he's playing he's playing basketball at UCF. But I was just making a joke about how they clinch championships. It didn't oh. hit. Sorry, I I don't know <laughs> yeah. enough about UCF Am I basketball have to, cut to that? know if that was a true story. Am I going to have to cut that joke? <laughs> uh, maybe use your discretion there. <laughs> uh, so so yeah, so he goes to play basketball at UCF, and at that time UCF was an Adidas school, and he wanted to of course wear Jordans, and so because of that, like the whole school switch to nike and jordan so he could wear his like his dad's shoes and then he just stopped playing basketball and i was like number one if you wanted to wear your jordan so bad why not just go to a freaking nike school number two 
Number two, like you're going to do all that and like make the school spend millions of dollars to break a contract. And the Jordan family did help out. I will say that. But to go through all of that hassle and then just like stop playing basketball like, the next year. Like, are you kidding me? Reminds me when like Snoop Dogg's kid got a uh, got like a contract with the school and then just like stopped playing immediately after. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, one why? thing. Was one thing I wanted to bring up was you know how how much things would have changed just in the shoe game or just you know branding wise if MJ and you know his his branding group decided to go with Adidas. Adidas, yeah, uh, right. Or Nike. Yeah, I don't know if Nike would be where it's at right now. No, I don't <laughs> think they would have. Yeah. I wish they went a little bit more into that because that's a really, I mean, there's probably plenty of documentaries and plenty of videos on the, the Jordan brand and everything. But, you know, just hearing from hearing from Jordan himself in terms of like his success, because it's like, I was like, when did he when did he get the Jordan brand again? And it was like right after college, like it was such a ballsy move to give him like millions of dollars. Yeah, a lot of that for, time, I think it was only like 250,000. So I actually but know a more about that story. Was um, it? Oh yeah, it was right. So there's a bit more to this. So there's a guy. Um, his name is Sonny Vaccaro, and um, he has a nickname. It's like the Shoe King or something like that. I don't know. Um, but you know, at the time, I mean, they mentioned this in the documentary. At the time that Jordan was coming out of school, it was Nike was pretty track. much, uh, yeah, just solely a track and field company, and so they were looking at getting different things, and so there was a pretty talented draft class coming out that year and so they were like well we're going to latch on to a couple of these guys and and be in you know invest in them and and make it what it is and really grow our brand and you know get into basketball and then of course as we know now they've they've expanded and even the jordan span brand has expanded out of basketball itself and so um but this guy sonny vaccaro he was like no we're going to pick one of these guys we're going to roll the dice and you know, we're going to put all the resources and marketing behind this one guy. And really, they couldn't have picked a better guy, obviously, looking back now. Like, they picked the best person to do it. And so, I mean, he just, with their help, became the biggest name and everything. And what's funny about Sonny Vaccaro is him and Phil Knight, who, you know, is the founder of Nike, had a falling out. He went to Adidas. Uh, if y'all don't remember, Kobe began as an Adidas athlete. When he came out of high school and all that, he was with Adidas because um, because Phil Knights screwed over this guy, son of Vicaro, and basically kind of went behind his back and all this kind of stuff. And so he went to Adidas, got Kobe. Obviously, Kobe eventually made his way over to Nike. Um, but an interesting thing is Vicaro, still at Adidas, basically had LeBron signed with Adidas out of high school the same way he got Kobe, but Adidas kind of went behind his back and screwed him over again, and then LeBron went to Nike. So it's it's a pretty cool story, and there's a, I don't know if it's a 30 for 30 on him, or there is a documentary on this guy that kind of goes into a bit more in detail, but it is pretty cool. That was a good Tyler tangent. Yeah. Crazy to think, too, that like Converse then was like the main. Yeah, Converse. Was main shoe yeah, I mean, you saw that like commercial in the documentary, like the big names. Yeah, wasn't it like Magic and Larry and Bird? Jordan and not Jordan, but yeah, Bird. Like all of those, like the, like the older guard that was on That's that right. team in 92. Dr. All of those guys uh, were. Dr. J. Yeah, Dr. J. I mean, that's a huge. That's, that's some of the best names, biggest names in basketball. Yeah. Yeah, it's just crazy, like the longevity that the Jordan brand has had. Like it's, 
I would say the Jordan brand has probably been around almost as long as Converse has in basketball. No, 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 no. Uh, it's getting was, close. Converse was, no, not even close. Converse has about? at least a decade or two on them. Converse was like the biggest name in, in basketball. They, they, they were the basketball shoe. Yeah, but they haven't been in basketball since like the 80s. Like, no. Oh, we're talking like, okay, so like you're saying like cut them off yes. at that time. Oh, like they're, like they're heights. Like, Okay. Like, of sure. course, the Converse brand is still around, but they they make like casual shoes. Like, they yeah. don't make basketball shoes anymore. Yeah, I mean, they're probably the same shoe. They're just not used the same way. Like yeah, now, if you so walk it's... out in a pair of like Chuck Taylors, you're gonna get whacked off the court. Yeah, you're probably more likely to be on a skateboard than in the basketball court. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's it's just interesting how like one you know with with Jordan and people like Tinker Hatfield and some of their design team like created a brand that wasn't just one shoe. It had been multiple shoes and it's still new shoes that come out every so it's just I don't know. It's just it's just like interesting how how like he kind of exploded into and they say it too, like he was an international sensation, like the, like he and the Jordan brand pushed like NBA into into urban wear, into streetwear with Spike Lee and all that. And then that pushed into the, you know, the kids and the youth and everything. It's just it's interesting kind of the the length he had. Um which is like, I guess, goes into him being like an icon and being like this pure role model, and then like went to his like darker days after, which is I thought that was really interesting the way they handled that. Yeah, and what's so cool is the fact that you know there are um, the, every all of the big name athletes have their own logo. You know, LeBron has his, Kevin Durant has his, Kobe had his. Uh, you know, even in other sports, I mean, like Rafael Nadal, Federer, they have their own. Tiger Woods has his. We all know Tom Brady's with the TB12 and all that stuff. Like everybody has their logos. But JJ Watt has a logo. Yeah, I mean everybody has. It's one. a relatively new thing, though. Yeah, I mean I guess, but it's like MJ it, was like the first guy to have that. Actually, I think. Well, uh, this uh, never mind. I'm about to get into an argument that I can say for another podcast. But <laughs> Jordan, Jordan, Jordan's is just as like the Jordan logo is just as recognizable as the Nike swoosh. Like the, the those I like yeah. the biggest logos. I mean, it's just it's up there with the swoosh, with the golden arches, with uh, I don't know, you know, like all of that. Like, <laughs> golden arches. Well, yeah, I mean, they're not, I mean, if you go anywhere and you show someone a picture of, of the Golden Arches, they're going to know what that is. Yeah, I don't know about the Air Jordan logo, but. I think, I, I think, I mean, when you talk about like, like uh, um, Stern, you know, he had his clip at the very end and he was saying that like, you know, at the time, that, like in 1983, there, the NBA was in like 80 countries. And today it's in like 230. something, yeah. And when you look at where that period of growth was, it was right there in the Jordan era. And oh, so, yeah, sure. yeah I, I wouldn't be surprised if you could go. I mean, there were other reasons for that too. But there, yeah. yeah, but but it's like. It's a massive influence. Yeah, it's yeah. a massive influence. Yeah. Dream Team had a big part Dream of it. Dream Team well. was a big part of it. Yeah, I mean, that was an internet phenomenon. Man, I wish I wish we had the basketball of the nineties right Dude, now. Yeah. I wish we, I wish had, we had basketball in general basketball. right now. I wish we had the basketball of February right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of kind of going on that influence thing. One of the big I think the very first question you asked Marino when we started this was like, what were your big takeaways? One of my yeah. big takeaways was just the influence the media had 
and not only on Jordan, but this the Bulls franchise as a whole, and how like you know every like they were you know riding him, riding, riding Jordan, and then as soon as like you know his dad got murdered, and there were rumors about his gambling problem and everything, they just kind of picked him up and dropped him off a cliff, and let him fall, 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 and like watch that fall. Well, attempted to watch that fall happen and do everything they could to you know bring him down, bring the Bulls down, put shame on them, stuff like that. You know, and in MJ's words, so they were kind of like you know the media can only stand to see you be popular. See you yeah. be good for so long, but once you have that prolonged success, they do what they can to kind of stain you. And, oh you know, yeah, make totally you seem worse. agree with that. It, it was really interesting, kind of like how how they they framed each of his championships. Like the first three championships were kind of like how I consider the Warriors right now. Where like if you're not a Warriors fan, fan you kind of hate them because they they've won so much, and you're just like let the dynasty be over. Just let it. Like we're tired of seeing them win, and then. The, that's how Jordan was where it was like all oh, this new young player, like he's finally winning and then he's winning too much. We don't want him to win anymore because like at a certain point you hate when someone who isn't on your team is winning. And then he left for a while and then came back. And it was almost like when he came back and when he started winning more championships, when he won his fourth and then his fifth, it was like, this is no longer just a player, just a team winning championships. This is like, we are watching like history in, in like, obviously we're watching history in action, but like, we're watching literally a legend, like un unbelievable feats happen. And it's like after his sixth, there was just like no one like Carl Malone's on the bus at the end of the game, like shaking hands with everyone. And like, like you could see like the bad boy Pistons. You saw like the Knicks era. You saw all these guys that like really just wanted to give it to Jordan. And like, of course, the Jazz still gave it their all. But like, no one could disagree that it was like, hey, we got to just bow down like you can't you can't be mad you can't be mad at that and it was like really interesting to see kind of the rise the fall and then the rise again yeah, and, and just how much influence they have like i said like when that whole gambling thing came on you know they really tried to stain his legacy and like the conspiracies that came out that we were talking about with you know was his father murdered as a, you know it was because he owed money to somebody and his father got caught in the wrong place at the wrong time you know is this jordan's fault um you know rodman kind of had his own problems you know when he was going out to the wwf um, and going to Vegas for game, you know, that it, was it, crazy. And like, and, and whatever, the, whatever they could do just to put somebody on the uh, on the hot seat, uh, and and you know, try and bring down the dynasty. It's just like you know, the media when you were first talking, you know, that rise on the first three years. Oh my God, Jordan's finally got a good team around him. He's you know, he he can do this. You know, he's the next big thing. Bird and Magic are retiring. You know, this is the new guy. And all of a sudden, oh, you know, we're kind of tired of him now. Let's let's hopefully someone else comes along because. Jordan train now we're getting sick of it that's you know and they did everything they could to and bring that to an end so I just thought it was really interesting how much sway they had over the whole dynasty uh beginning to end yeah I do think it was kind of interesting and I think only one person said it in like one sentence but I feel like they could have they could have lingered on it so much more is that like during those years like during that era of like the late 80s early 90s the league was so much older like it was, it was yeah. the older, more mature veterans that were winning championships, and now it's totally different. It's all the mm -hmm. young guys that are that are yeah. really making noise, and it's like interesting. Like I wish they they put more effort into that because the, I guess the one thing you don't see is a lot of comparison between modern day the league today and like the league back then during the yeah, and, it, and it's kind of like it kind of kind of I think goes back to, I guess kind of like LeBron like, and what kind of causes that because. You know, you say you look at it, and Jordan won six championships, but all six of those came in his last six full seasons. Whereas LeBron, you know, it was like 
you were at this time, like it was starting to get to this point of like LeBron can't win a championship. And you know, in when you look at it and you and you match up the careers, like LeBron, number one, played for a finals, took a took a middle school team to the finals and lost to one of the greatest teams of all time. And or at least one of the greatest dynasties of all time, like in like the third year of his career. And you know, like LeBron like was winning a championship like before Jordan did in his career. But remember that whole period of time where I was like, LeBron can't win a championship. And there's still like that thing because he's what, like three and five and finals or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, you, you are three and six as Matthew likes to point out. <laughs> Going back to those three championships, do you think which this has been mentioned outside of the documentary, but do you think that um, not having the season and potentially LeBron not getting his next championship because, I mean, you could see him as being likely to win the championship or not. Uh, do you think this is going to have a big effect on his career if he only has three or if he gets a fourth? Because how many I does mean, Kobe have? Seven now. The coronavirus beat him <laughs> in, in the finals. You want to figure out that the 2020 versus the coronavirus. <laughs> Coronavirus was easily the best team of all time. Hey, greatest defender of all time. Um, MJ has six. Kobe has. Rudy Gobert. I know Rudy Gobert might get that. He blocked the whole league. Kobe has five. Of five. Yeah. And then LeBron has three. So I mean, regardless of how you think, I don't think like championships are gonna solve any argument at this point. There's still gonna be people who are like, "Oh, this player's better than the other." But no, uh, LeBron's so never. No, LeBron's LeBron never had a pippin. You know, I mean. Yeah, LeBron's been on so many different teams. Like, Michael Jordan had so much consistency his entire career. Oh, would like, you not say Wade and Bosh weren't a good Pippen? I mean, yeah, but he had them for, like, I think not it's very more long. in reference to, like, a consistent person that they had good chemistry. Consistent coach. Period of time. Not necessarily the talent. Consistent GM. Yeah, he also never had a fair. Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson as well. I mean, he had freaking Tyron Lue. Kobe had Phil Jackson. Lubster <laughs> was probably his best coach. Yeah, that's a, yeah, and that's not even that much to write home about. No. Oh, uh, man. I think Spolstra is the only guy that's still coaching. That's Coach yeah. LeBron. I do think it was funny. Um, was it the 97 game that it was Steve Kerr versus Hornacek, which were two coaches during uh, the past couple years? It was, it was funny to see how many like coaches were. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. That time that are- I, I was really interested on all the Steve Kerr stuff. I. I thought that was and the thing like too, like Kerr. real quick with Kerr, like how many dynasties he's been a part of. He was part of the Bulls dynasty, and he had his own with the Warriors. Part of two, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a lot of players like the Bulls, sure. the Spurs. He's well, I guess three. I guess as a two as a player, three as a in, in his time in basketball. Uh, yeah, who else has been a part of three dynasties? Like that's insane. Phil Jackson. He had he had the uh, playing career. Coaching well, career. yeah, I guess I, I guess he, I don't know if the Knicks were considered a dynasty, but he had the two, and then, and then he had a little Puerto Rican team they were talking about. They were just beating yeah, everybody they won a as well. He's won a lot of championships, dude. I mean, the man has been a part of at least thirteen NBA titles. That's insanity. I mean, I know there's others that have done it. You know, like uh, Bill Russell and stuff is like double digit titles, but to I mean to win eleven titles as a coach. That's amazing. Yeah. In all realness, I definitely have a lot more respect respect for him as a person. I didn't know all the stuff about him, like his influence in like Native American culture and like Zen Buddhism and stuff. Or just, yeah, just how like mellow he is. Like, yeah. like, uh, like at the very end of uh, episode ten, and he just was like, 
just like the way he talked about it. Like he wasn't like, this is amazing. Like he was like, this is beautiful. Like that's like, yeah, this is beautiful. This is just fantastic. I love that stuff. Like he's like, I believed in it the whole time. All of that. Like that was, it was so cool. Like I think he'd be a very interesting person to like sit down and talk to like, and Oh yeah. Especially the the first championship they won or whatever, where, or the second one where, you know, MJ gave the ball to uh, Paxton or whatever to make the, the final shot. And he's like, you did it the right way. Like, you want it the right way. You didn't do it yourself. You did it as a team. I thought that yeah. was really, really poignant as well. Yeah. All around, really, really fantastic. Um, an exciting five-week venture. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't watch too many of them live, but um, the ones I did were just, it was really good. Like, could have binged the whole thing, like, I think a few of us did. Yeah. But just yeah, as a documentary. Really, really I mean, just the fact that they had all of this and released it at the perfect time when literally there's nothing else to watch yeah it was a really that well done great. documentary is that the original plan or it was was this kind of influence i don't know the, how is it? the original plan was to premiere it during the nba finals which i'm so glad that you know why i don't know but it would not have made sense to do it like that in my opinion yeah. Because maybe LeBron would bro. That's about yeah. Trying to take it away from LeBron. (laughs) I'm telling you, nah, he wasn't. He wasn't making it out of the first round. Let's be honest. Jordan has a fragile ego. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you think they're going to get swept by the? uh... (laughs) Jordan is going to cancel this podcast. (laughs) Who else has a fragile ego? Herman Baseball, they have a pretty fragile ego. I was about to say, you used to let Austin's transition get ruined like that. <laughs> wow, that was a <laughs> like low ruined low. it for him. That was a this low blow. Uh, F you. You're right. Uh, they don't even have an ego because their baseball team is no yeah. longer existing. Yeah. You can't have an ego if you don't exist. Moment of silence. All right, that's good enough. <laughs> uh, they get two seconds that- from me. After that awful transition from Clayton, uh, <laughs> that one, was a hilarious transition. One of, the, one of the biggest pieces of news that really came out sports-wise, at least in this state, was that Furman Athletics cut their baseball program this week, and that is really for you know foreshadowing horrible, horrible news because yeah, that is actually really bad. They they because you got I mean it's kind of like they're getting the coronavirus. They, I saw they were the second Division One team to cut a baseball program. Baseball is a big sport in South Carolina and like in Southern schools. Uh, in many Southern schools, they are a profitable sport. And I don't know what they were at Furman, but was that their top sport besides lacrosse? Well, they or have was, was tied with lacrosse. lacrosse is gone. Lacrosse is gone too. Really? really? Lacrosse way. Yeah, wow. It was it was surprising in the first place that they had a D one lacrosse team because I don't think they were very good. Furman, I knew I knew a couple guys on that team, yeah, but they all left, so <laughs> I guess that makes sense. Yeah, but that that team's also been nixed by Furman, so oh, it's yeah. been so it's been are gone they gonna, before. Are they going to cut all their sports? Like what what do they have left? For, like uh, cross country and track, I guess. The, well, they'll, they'll have, have football, football they'll have basketball, and Furman basketball was you know in line to possibly get an at large bid this year. Furman had a really good year in basketball. Um, so, I mean, it's just sad. I mean, and then you got to start thinking, like, the other schools, uh, that like, what what is that going to do for them? Like, College of Charleston is probably comparable to them. Um, I mean, could College of Charleston cut a baseball program? Could the Citadel cut a baseball program? Uh, I mean, Coastal is probably safe because they won a national championship four yeah, years Coastal's ago. But you fine. still never know. You still never know. 
So, um, I mean, it is just what, what is going to happen? You know, all these small schools that, you know, I mean, Carol, I mean, these are schools that Carolina plays every year. I mean, Furman played, Furman played at, uh, at floor field. They had a really great place. You know, they had great facilities and, um, a historical program and also just the, the news that came out was shocking. And, you know, I've seen a lot of interaction on Twitter between coaches and the players, and it's just heartbreaking that that's going to happen. And, and I hope that that can stay as an isolated event, at least, uh, at least in the state of South Carolina, where you know the uh, you know, every program that's still around can can stay strong. Because uh, you know, I don't like every program in the state, uh, but I still, I mean, outside of Clemson, I still have a lot of respect for just about every school in the state, um, because being a I grew up a college Charleston fan, so um, I'm a big, big SoCon guy. Most of the other schools in the state are SoCon schools with Furman and Wofford and Siddle and Charleston at the time. Um, Coastal wasn't, but, you know, Coastal is still a, a close competitor of them. And, and I also have a soft spot just for small athletic departments because they put in so much work. So hopefully everybody can can stay stay above ground, stay afloat. and hopefully we won't have to see that kind of headline too much more throughout this this process. Yeah, sad news, but also with that comes better news. Um, I figured we'd have a lot more to talk about in reference to openings, and this week we certainly do. Today in particular, within the NCAA, um, there's a vote to allow voluntary on-campus athletic activities to resume in football, men's basketball, and women's basketball starting June 1st. We can also get so haircuts. We, we can get our nails done. made it. We can eat inside restaurants. Yeah. Bars are coming back. I, I don't know, though. I, I've seen the seen the wait time on these great clips. Oh, my here. goodness. It's I like call 300 hours. hours or something. Yeah, I think I might just wait it out. Yeah, I was like getting a little shaggier. I mean, what's it going to do? I need a haircut so bad, though. Oh, man, my hair is so long. I had to shave. That was depressing. I've actually got, like, lettuce going on. I've got, like, a little bit of, like, lettuce. Oh, my God. I haven't heard that in forever. I got got the the waves. He's got that last dance going on. (laughs) What do you mean, that last dance going on? You're you're just bringing back these old terms. (laughs) How is lettuce old? That's old. Is it? Old, man. Not, I don't think it's so. Not, it's not like super old. But I mean, that's since we were in high school. So I guess that's almost a decade ago, which is really sad. I mean, that's not that long. It's only six years, but like. Oh, I guess from the start. Yeah, from the start. Yeah. Um, but with the NCAA's decision, that also doesn't like doesn't mean that Gamecock football players are going to be on campus June first and practicing. They still like hurdles. The SEC has to uh, approve all of that, um, and I'm sure the SEC is like spearheading all of this. Like the SEC, yeah, I'm sure it'll happen. I'm, I'm, I'm. Best case scenario is that like we can really start getting things going at the beginning of June, which I think that'll be huge. The faster we start, the the better for South Carolina, considering we're we're learning a new offense. Yeah, yeah, we need to get and and getting the guys back in the weight room, back in their training programs, where everybody can be doing it consistently. Well, hoping they're doing that now, but well, you know, they can't be a replayer. Muschamp even said, and this is something that's not just for South Carolina, but only thirty percent of their players have access to to weights. Yeah, program so. 
Um, unfortunate. So, I mean, these guys can still run. And, you know, from what I've heard, you know, the new strength and conditioning coach is like a big track background. So, like, he's really big on that. That's kind awesome. Of conditioning. And yeah. So, yeah, there's people you know, like pushing cars. Yeah, so, yeah, you can still have um, that kind of conditioning, like where you're just running. Uh, but when it comes to the weights and building your muscle, building the strength, getting the playing shape, and we're not going to be, you know, we're not behind because everyone has these same issues. But, um, you know, I mean, you don't want to have a season where everybody's getting injured either because nobody, I mean, if still, even if nobody is up to par, like you're still going to have more injuries and, you know, sloppier play and all of that. And no one wants to see that either. So hopefully, hopefully they'll be able to get back in and, and not miss too much of a beat. Other than that, um, we had UFC two weeks ago. Uh, we've had nascar and golf this past weekend nascar and darlington yeah. in our state and at the time of recording state SC they are down they're racing right now live on wednesday night under the lights at darlington again so uh, that's pretty exciting so those are back yeah we've got the nba uh seems to while there's not a plan set in place now there should be one by this time next week um i who knows where that could go? They could go straight into a playoff. They could finish out the regular That'd season. Be crazy. All of those are, are options on the table. I I bet though, if I was if I was betting on this, I would I would think they have teams like fully in their gyms ready to go by June first, similar to what this NCAA. I don't think they have the balls so that, to do that. That's yeah. I, I mean, but they've they've got voluntary openings everywhere already, which is what the NCAA True. just uh, passed. Yeah. So. I mean, depending on the city where you are. Yeah. I mean, some some places that weren't hit hard have been open for a couple weeks now. Uh, but that's coming back. I'm not sure what the MLB update is. I don't but think I, there's going to be an MLB season. Assuming they'll probably be on a similar-ish time. From what I'm seeing, I don't think there's going to be a baseball season. What? I don't think there's going to be a baseball season. Uh, I don't know. But they're going to do like 50 really early games. in the season. Uh, they There's so many players that are like, I'm not going to play. It's not worth it. Is that worth yeah, it? well, it's one thing to hear them say that, and it's another thing for the season to be open and games to be played. And then I just, I, it, it just seems like baseball is like the biggest one that's like causing a problem because, like you know, they haven't got and and they just haven't gotten into their season yet. So like, there's not like a yeah, it's also relatively early, so it it doesn't like I would like it to come back, but it also probably would be more difficult than like say the NBA. Yeah. It's like for the NBA, like they have a reason to come back. Like they were a month away from starting their playoffs. And so like that like there were storylines. There's like there were teams like you knew who was good, you knew who was bad and and NBA and in the NHL and stuff like that. And so like there's a reason to come back and finish that. Like in baseball, you know, you could just take the whole year off and it'd be like, well, there's wasn't a season. Like I feel like that would make more like that would I feel like maybe that, you're a Baltimore fan and you don't know what winning. No, is I'm, uh, well, I mean, we're gonna suck in 2020. We're gonna suck in 2021, regardless. <laughs> like, what I'm saying is like I feel like there's gonna be a bigger what if and tarnish on the NBA and the NHL if they can't finish up their season. Then there will be on like Major League Baseball if they just can't do the season at all. Because like I said, like yeah, you know, like the the what ifs are bigger, and, and like it's like okay. Say if this happened, like I, I'm just putting this in like a Carolina perspective because, like, you know, a lot of the fan base thinks that you know the women's basketball team won one national championship, and you know, for me, like that's always going to be a big one. If like it's not not just women's basketball, it's just that it's a South Carolina team in general. Like we don't get a lot of opportunities for national championships, and losing that is always going to hurt because it's like 
we really could have. We probably would have won a national championship, but we'll never know. And so it's kind of like that's how it is for the Lakers fans or like the Bucks fans and all that kind of stuff. You know, like they think they are good enough to win a championship, but they'll ne- they might never know. Like in baseball, you could be like, oh, we're Red Sox fans or the Yankees fans. We might win a championship. Well, they might come out and suck. You never know. That is also a what if. I mean, there, there's definitely a lot of storylines in baseball, but there, yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying. Like, it's different. It's different if you'd never get off the ground and it's just a lost cause versus like right in the midst of it. And it's like a cliffhanger yeah. ending. Yeah. This may have absolutely no relevance, but with today's openings in South Carolina, um, the permitting of attractions being opened, um, they don't spe- specifically list stadiums, but I wonder if like that may have any impact on the starting the talks of um, fans in different stadium, uh, different types of stadiums um, over the late summer and in the fall. I'm not saying uh, you're saying the the rulings. You're not sure if they cover as of Friday attractions are opening, which includes like zoos, museums, arcades. I see. Um, But I don't know if necessarily like I I wonder if like the sports themselves will have different rules. Like, even if, like, let's say yeah, South Carolina probably, has sports stadiums open, if the NCAA says they can't play with hands, yeah. like they, they'll probably be allowed by the states. I wouldn't, I, I would yeah. imagine. But when it comes to the governing bodies, which the NCAA will probably be, well, yeah. hearing too, it seems like it's going to be um, a roughly twenty percent capacity across college football, which saddens me to no end because I think that that's like, it's just, I don't know. It, the enforcing that is going to be so tough. Yeah, it's, and it's going to be ridiculous. It's like because people are still going to clump together, and there's just oh yeah, for sure. What are we going to do when Marshawn Lloyd runs back, uh, runs his first carry for a 75 yard touchdown, and Tyler's six feet away from me? What am I going to do? Just look at him and be like, "Yeah, we did." No, am I going to go and slap him on the hand? <laughs> no, the, the head nod. No, no, I'm not going to do that. That'd be I might, irresponsible. I might, over, I might run over to Matt and kiss him on the mouth. Oh, I'll be see. that excited. We, I do not condone N95 this. mask in between, please. <laughs> oh, you'd like that, you dirty guy. Uh, what's crazy, what? too, is, of course, of course we're allowed oh, wow. uh, anyway. in the stadiums now, and we're not even going to be able to enjoy that because... Yeah, for real. Yo, speaking of alcohol, I saw it was five points is now open because all the bars are open, and I... I am disappointed. It's open, right? Uh, no, I, there is a lot of, a lot of people are out in five points. We are a a Twitter fan base and help us out with that. I'm disappointed in in the students. Well, return of sports is one thing, but how about a return of our favorite segment on the soda city sit down? It's the social media story (gasps) of the week. Let's hear it for it. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Theme song. Oh, wow. It's been a while. Yay. Insert insert crowd noise. Yay. Okay, so here we go. The story is going all the way back to 2017 and 2016 as well. Eddie Hall and uh, Half Thor Bjornsson, otherwise known as Thor or the Mountain from Game of Thrones. Uh, Game yeah. of Thrones. The World's Strongest Man competition for back-to-back years was won by Eddie Hall, who's a six foot two, 320-pound beast who hit the 500-kilogram deadlift. Um, back-to-back years, he beat out Thor, um, and which what later came out as Thor called him a cheat in those competitions. And uh, after 
winning in 16 and 17, Hall retired, and Thor ended up winning the next year, but he did not break Hall's record. Um, this past month, in a controversial online uh, viewing in his home gym, Thor broke the record with a 501 kilogram deadlift, but there's been a lot of controversy about controversy about it because of it being in a home gym recorded by his dad like no one else there to witness it but before even that record was beaten there had been a lot of beef between them over the years over thor calling hall a cheat and whatnot and so now um a lot of the boxing networks have picked up what's about to it was thor declaring that eddie he knocked out your record, and now he's ready to knock you out in the ring. And so the two of them have agreed to a fight. Now, I mentioned the statistics for Eddie Hall. Thor is 6'7", what is that, 450 pounds? Well, they're, they're both giant, 425 pounds, excuse me. Insane, like, huge dudes. Like, this is beyond heavyweight. Like, incredibly huge, strong dudes. I have no idea what this would look like. Neither of them have a whole lot of boxing experience. It'll probably be pretty raw. But, like, both of them consume ten to 15,000 calories a day. Like, My they're God. absolute giants. And there's, like, also a lot of backstory, though. Like, Paul has gone on record saying that, like, he's been called a cheat. Like Thor's been just caught up in the spotlight ever since his World of uh, Game of Thrones um, viewing, and I don't know when this will happen. It, it, I think it's rumored to happen about this time next year, maybe. Um, so we'll definitely get back to it whenever we get more news on it. This is going to be the but best fight a, since Raven versus B. <laughs> yeah, B knocked his ass yeah. out. That B on his ass. Way. First round knockout. That's Tyler probably why I don't remember. remember. <laughs> oh! <laughs> nope, didn't happen. Fake, fake news. Fake news. <laughs> no, I saw it on Twitter, so it had to be true. But yeah, with with uh with the world's strongest man competitions and the beef of the past, like this is gonna be. It'll be interesting to watch. An absolute, just devastating match. I mean, Hall is five inches and a hundred pounds smaller than Thor, but. They both look just absolutely so my like you, you would not mess them. That up. weight class, it's like I feel like 100 pounds lighter is just, just not even a faster. weight class, yeah. It's just like something yeah. plus that the more weight you add on, like the more difference doesn't matter. Like 100 pounds is probably yeah, like that, 10 at pounds that point, to it, someone, yeah. It's, they'll probably honestly lose weight for it just to be more quick and have better yeah. cardio because I, I, with minimal boxing experience, I can't imagine that they'll be landing a lot of really like good shot. I mean, good shots in the sense of like knowing what they're doing is they probably just have fists the size of my head and you can just throw those things around and see what happens. But in, in, I don't in my head, I feel like this is going to be a really awesome thing to watch, but I could just, I know it's probably going to be like a TKO due to like being tired. Like they're going to try to punch each other so much. And it's just like their cardio, like <laughs> yeah. they won't be able to do it. It's very possible. They're just going to attack me. Personally, I'm going to be pulling for Eddie Hall because if everything he says is true, Thor sounds like a Hollywood made bitch. Wow. And 
I want I want Anna Hall's like so much smaller than him too. And like this dude called him a cheat after he beat him fair and square multiple years in a row. Like I I would love to see Hall knock. So it's like a Mayweather out. versus Pacquiao situation, except like eight of them. <laughs> good point. Good point. Man, I love doing that segment. Oh uh, yeah, you should do so it another more. another little segment that we did have as well this week was our social media fan of the week. <laughs> Uh, we haven't really had a, a real good winner, uh, very especially recently. One that I saw this week that just absolutely took the throne is, uh, you, you know, this past week, uh, the past couple of weeks, really, um, you know, everyone's been re- putting up uh, old games on television, uh, iconic moments and stuff like that. But one that was on this past week was the 2011 Gamecock College World Series title. And so Gamecock Baseball was live tweeting it. They were putting out that Michael Roth is on the mound. Michael Roth responded with something. And uh, somebody else, a, a, a Gamecock fan actually, his tag, his Twitter tag is at Kitsch3400. They responded to Michael Roth and, and tagged Steven Garcia, said, at Steven Garcia and you are cut from the same cloth. Waste of talent, a shame. It's okay though. Uh, in his in his bio, it says he went to Eastern Connecticut State University. So I mean, he probably couldn't even get into USC to begin with. If you're if you're gonna be if you're gonna put on like in your profile like you act like a Gamecock fan, do not come at Michael Roth. Do not come at Stephen Garcia. And and Tyler takes big offense because it says hashtag girl dad in his exactly. His do not do not do not affiliate during the girl dad name. Don't affiliate yourself with me or Kobe or all the other greats, okay? Dude, what are you doing? <laughs> so, so it looks like for for the the fight for the mountain and the other guy, the undercard is going to be the returning loser Tyler versus Paul over here is gonna <laughs> calling him out, calling him out. Paul? All right, I see wanna, you. You want a piece of me? What the oh, God mean? What is happening? We're bad. getting canceled. It's a, We're it's getting a, canceled. You know who else needs to stop calling out people on social media? Who's that, Austin? Who? Michael if, Thomas. If, if if Tyler's got a personal problem with some with someone else, um, <clears throat> yes, Michael. That would be the Michael Thomas that plays for the New Orleans Saints. Um, you got to specify because there's two of them. <laughs> yes, yes, there are two Michael Thomases. I'm talking about the the receptions leader in the NFL last year, the offensive player of the year. So essentially what happened is there was a poll in which it was asked, who, what do you think is more difficult? I think ESPN or Bleacher Report or somebody asked this. And, and option there was two options, option A and option B. Option A was, is it would it be harder to basically break up a, or catch a pass with Stephon Gilmore hurting you or block a pass as a corner with Michael Thomas trying to catch the ball? And among people, Devontae Parker, a receiver for the Miami Dolphins, and some others said option A. For whatever reason, we were talking about egos earlier and stuff like that, Michael Thomas decided that he was going to attack those who said that option A was more difficult. Um, so I don't know why that makes his uh, eagle, uh, ego all uh, you know fragile, but uh, Michael Thomas, stay in your lane, man. I mean, I yeah, mean, I don't know about like staying in your off. lane is the correct thing, because like, I mean, it was his lane because it was talking about him, but like, he was just being a little baby. I don't know. I mean, I think it, it was kind of. I don't know if it was like really in his lane. Like, just because they're saying they'd rather, they think option E is more difficult. Then no one's disrespecting him in a sense. No, I, mean, no, I feel like it was perfectly fine for him to defend well, himself. No, he just I went think, too far. 
I don't get what the what the what the argument is. We've just spent the first hour of the podcast talking about how great Jordan was by being like, "Oh, you think you're better than me?" Or like, like we if if Jordan did this and like we'd be like, "Oh, he's the best at making his like mental space." Like we just praise Jordan for doing. Oh no, that's completely okay. different. Also, Jordan proved it on the field. Jordan proved it by his game. Michael Thomas is just talking shit on Twitter. Didn't we just say that Michael Thomas was Offensive Player of the Year last year? Yeah, but it's it, okay. Didn't he set the NFL record for receptions, or was it just yeah, 149, like, which is an absurd amount of force throws? What Michael Thomas is doing right now is nothing different than what everybody who is bashing Michael Thomas has been praising Michael Jordan for over the last five weeks. So if you think that Michael Jordan is soft, or I'm sorry, if you think that Michael oh, Thomas snap. is soft, then you're the one that's actually when soft. Someone said something bad to Michael Jordan. Soft. He didn't go to the press right after and go, "Hey, man, this guy called me something bad. He's a he's a loser." No, Michael he just Thomas played the game and won. Either he just responds. Well, I don't know. Would you consider going it's to the press or going important. to social media? There was no social media at the time. Playing in this era and had a social media, he'd probably be doing the same thing. He'd be on Twitter saying, "Shut your bitch ass." Hell no! Hell like, no, he wouldn't. Yes. Michael Jordan tried to stay out of the limelight as, po- as much as possible. Okay. He hid from it as much as he could. Okay. He didn't answer a question as much as he every could. Every commercial ever. Listen, listen. It's totally different. It's, totally different. No, it's not different at all. Like I don't see what is so hard to see about that. It is the exact stop it. Same thing. Get some help. No, you stop. <laughs> it. it is literally no different. No. Different. <laughs> I don't understand the the. Why everyone's like he's he's a sorry ass like no like he he can back it up on the field he's the offensive player of the year granted uh, Gilmore is the defensive player of the year so like okay it's like it's almost like that's why they have the comparison yeah weird <laughs> yeah oh, you're gonna compare it we're gonna get mad at the guy for like defending himself defending himself comparing it when he has a legitimate thing to be like I'm the best. Because I mean, he has the award, he has the stats, and so does Gilmore. But like, he can defend. Okay, so the, but like, you don't see Gilmore coming after people and going, "Oh, well, I can't believe you'd pick Michael Thomas." Like, it's it, it's it's just a poll. Well, like, right? It's a a everyone with a different opinion. You like, Michael Thomas, and he's like, "I'm not going to get into this mess." <laughs> I I I just think that it was it was perfectly fine for Michael Thomas to come and defend himself. But then when he was just like dissing Devontae Parker, then I was just like, "All right, like." Bro, like, calm down. No different than it's anything Jordan's done. With anything we've seen Jordan do in the last five weeks. All right. Well, <laughs> I think that's all we uh, have time I'm going to take that personally, and I'm going to drop 70 points on Tyler's head <laughs> right now. Tyler's about to have to fight five different matches tonight. For me. <laughs> do it. I'm ready. Tyler, Tyler sounded like Michael Thomas. <laughs> I'm ready. Hell no. How would you say that to me? I'm ready. How many receptions I had this year? Same league. <laughs> or level or whatever i forget exactly. can't even eat at my table or no michael, oh, that, and michael jordan are not in the same league you're correct <laughs> <laughs> oh lord so, well what a podcast but uh but yeah i i uh I, I guess that kind of wraps up everything we're gonna probably um fight amongst ourselves uh off mic here uh for the next who knows how long but um uh, hopefully Hopefully we'll have this settled by next week and we'll be able to come back all together as a unified podcast and bring you episode 21. But in the meantime, I hope you enjoyed episode 20. Hope you enjoyed in the first 20 episodes and we are excited to keep the trend rolling and see where it takes us. Uh, Tyler, I'm so tired of your...